Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to listener episode number 5. Before we get into it, we wanted to give you a few quick notes, disclaimers, and just a general heads up about what you're about to dive into. We don't want to spoil the episode content right away, but do know that this episode is essentially one giant spoiler for a very popular paranormal topic that we've discussed a handful of times prior to this. We do warn you once we get into the episode when that will start to happen. Second, we do discuss topics such as rape, murder, assault, drug use, and suicide, so please be aware of that. And finally, unfortunately there seems to have been a technical error in the last handful of minutes of the episode. You'll still be able to hear what we're talking about, as long as you can deal with the monotonous hum in the background due to a faulty cable. Now, with all of that out of the way, let's get to it. We probably aren't going to hear you. You're going to be like... <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't have a twin. Not everyone has a twin. How do you know if you had a twin if you ate it in the womb? I would remember, and I would be stronger than I am. The thing that they know... <laughs> If I ate my twin, I think I'd have a little extra strength. <laughs> you wouldn't be an asthmatic. <laughs> Hello, you're listening to, or so they say, the podcast where two sisters travel small town America, one ghostly tale at a time. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Megan. And it's awkward sounding again because... It's listener episode number five. Number five. Yes. <laughs> I don't keep track. I just... <laughs> I know because I have to edit these. We're so here again. Yes. And we have a listener listener with us. Yeah, technically. Coming all the way from across my house sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> What's your name? Um, Maddie. <laughs> she's, she's quiet. She would be louder if she ate her twin in the womb. <laughs> so this is Maddie, uh, our most recent addition to our adventures recently. Yeah. Thanks. You're yeah. pretty cool, I guess. Keep you around. <laughs> I feel like she's just enduring a lot of it. Like, I know. She, I don't, she's just putting up with me. She's too mostly. nice to say no. I, just, I was just <laughs> saying that. You would tell me like, oh, I like that. And then later, I didn't like that. Like, that's the type of person you seem like. I have to be nice in the moment. I, <laughs> I know. You're just supporting me in my endeavors and I appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks. Actually, that's not true. You're pretty into... I don't know. How into, uh, like, ghost hunting and things like that were you prior to all of this? Um, I haven't really had a chance, I guess, to do much ghost hunting, but I always watch um, ghost hunting shows. <laughs> okay. So... So do you, like, believe in the supernatural, really? Or are you more, like, a skeptic when you come at these things? Um, no, I believe. I just haven't ever really had any experiences, I guess, so. I think that's interesting. I feel like a lot of people, if you haven't experienced it, I don't know, and maybe that's just me generalizing, but I feel like if you haven't had experiences, then you you would think at this point you would by now or something, so you wouldn't believe in it, but that's interesting. Right, and I feel bad because you've gone with us a handful of places now, all of which have turned out less than stellar, which is a little frustrating because I promise I promise things happen and they have happened and they will happen. Mm-hmm. But we just 
keep finding these duds. I don't, I don't understand. I appreciate you being there, though. The quiet <laughs> snoring in the backseat of the car all times <laughs> is really... It's a nice right. accompaniment. I do not snore. Thank you. You didn't <laughs> snore, actually. I actually turned around to see where you were, and I didn't see your head off, around my right shoulder. I went, oh, and I turned around over my left shoulder. I was like, she's not there either. <laughs> and you're just, like, laying across the backseat very calmly, very casually. I was tired. You just pop a Dramamine, read a book, go to sleep. <laughs> so, to be fair, a lot of the places we visit, even if they're not scary, I feel like we find them because of their history and background is interesting. So we at least have that going fair. First. And, and they really have been. I do like a lot of the history that we've covered recently. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's all, I don't know. I don't know. Regardless of it not being very scary, I have enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. But that kind of leads a little bit into what we're going to talk about on this listener episode. Yeah, I suddenly in this very moment remembered what we were doing. (laughs) So this one, it's going to be a little bit different. It's still a listener episode, but if it's possible, I think we're our own listeners. We're going to be talking about something secondhand. Uh, Not necessarily anywhere any of us have been, but mm-hmm. most everyone, if you listen to paranormal supernatural podcasts, are most likely familiar with this place. Or if you've listened to, I think at this point, three of our episodes, we've discussed it. Yes, we talk about... Uh, Actually, in two of them were listener episodes, <laughs> so it always comes well, up. yeah, people bring it up because it's so notorious, and it was somewhere we said we wanted to go, and having second thoughts suddenly. Yeah, yeah. So without further ado, we're actually going to be talking about the Cecil Hotel in Los Angeles, California. Yes. <laughs> Again, we haven't been there, but we have some thoughts and feelings and we'll get into it. But first, we need to start drinking because we're going to need it desperately. I know. And <laughs> so. truth be told, I am already two drinks deep. Mm-hmm. Uh, my bad. <laughs> I, I didn't even have a bad day at work. I was just really thirsty. I should have done that with water, but oh, oh well. What is health? Nobody cares. <laughs> Whatever. So for this week, we have not had a wine in a minute, and I've been getting very sad about it. I was having a good time, but I don't know. So <laughs> this week, I picked up a wine, and we'll get into kind of why I picked this wine, but we're this week we're drinking Faliadu, which is a Russian River Valley, and I took picked the Chardonnay. It does come in a couple of different... I thought you were going to say it's a Russian wine, and I was like, that's definitely French, but no. I don't know. <laughs> so, Faliadu is French, Kelsey. So, getting there. Okay. Well, you're um, saying it very American. Couldn't tell. Wow. Wow. <laughs> My whole one semester of French... I got a B, so, like, (laughs) a natural, essentially. So, a quick uh, definition, translation of folia du, however you want to say it. Correct me, I don't care. Oh, I'll sound bad, too. It's okay. So, it is a condition in which two closely associated people who are mentally ill share the same delusional beliefs. Where is that definition from? CollinsDictionary.com. I, for some reason, don't like the way that's worded. I suppose, essentially, that's what it is, but I don't like that it's, like, two people with mental illness. It's not that they have an existing history of mental illness. It's Mm -hmm. that, 
Uh, maybe are you going to get into well, it a little it, more? Not really. I mean, it does say that they share the same delusional beliefs, which is, I feel like the, the back half of that definition is more uh, correct than saying, oh, they have a mental illness. Yeah, it's something that's sort of brought on, and usually it comes when... Because I think it it started in France. I believe that it was a couple in France that they basically just kept to themselves so much so that they created this delusional image of what the world was around them and sort of psyched themselves out. What is the word I'm looking for? They just became a little paranoid about everything. And I believe they might have done... uh, it was like a double suicide or murder suicide. Don't quote me on this. I don't know. All I know is it originated from a couple in France and they just became suddenly and inexplicably delusional Mm -hmm. and just kind of went nuts. So I don't like that. It's like people with mental illness. It's just that, I don't know. They, they cracked, which like we're in the middle of coming up on almost a year of quarantine. So like we feel it, it's pertinent. It's like shared madness. It's not necessarily a mental illness. It's just like a, I I don't know, kind of like a slip from reality. (laughs) I was going to say a moment of mental instability. Yeah, kind of, it's a disassociating sort of thing in a way. Anyway, regardless, (laughs) that's what we're drinking. So this wine is bottled in St. Helena, California. I didn't plan on it being a California wine, but here we are. I don't know how close it is to Los Angeles. I don't I don't think I really think about how big California actually is. I mean, we're from Indiana. California is a freaking nightmare <laughs> compared to Indiana. Yeah, I have no clue. It's probably, for all I know, like five hours away. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, Not a clue. A day's travel. <laughs> I, don't know. I know. And that's with, with traffic. I, I don't know. Also making this up. Anyway... It says, Folia du Wines are sustainably grown in Sonoma County's most iconic appellations. Our Chardonnay comes from the Russian River Valley, where cool temperatures allow grapes to develop intense flavors and vibrant acidity. Lush pear and pineapple flavors with hints of nutmeg and vanilla are complemented by an enduring crispness. I'm not usually a fan of Chardonnays. Which is funny because, like, I like whites over reds. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is about Chardonnay because it tends to be more dry. And especially with the nutmeg and you said pear. Yeah. Pear, as far as fruit goes for me, is on the drier side. I don't know. Yeah. We'll just try it. I'm not going to knock it till I try it. It's not an overly sweet fruit. And this is kind of on the more expensive side, I guess, uh, for me. Uh, and this cost me seventeen doll hairs. What? And, oh my god! And it okay. was one of the cheaper Foliadus. The Zinfandel was like twenty two dollars, and then I think they had a Merlot for twenty eight. I could have those two mixed up, but <laughs> uh, it's too rich for my blood. It's and fine. it's gonna pop this time. So. Okay, we, and we got it prepped, so hopefully this goes well. Okay, Let's see if it's worth it. That price. 
Wow. That was the nicest. That was so clean. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and sample that and use it. That's like the perfect pop. Now this is the not good song. Yeah, so we're gonna. So I'm gonna talk over the coffee and and, and the pouring sounds. It's okay, whatever. Sorry, I talked about the asthma. The asthma, yes, the allergy to cats, and there are definitely two cats in here, and you definitely own two cats. So what? We don't care. Mm. We. So, the. Cecil Hotel is something that we've talked about a number of times now. I at least on three episodes. And I feel like if, I mean, we're all stuck inside, we're all stuck with our, I don't know, myriad of options as far as streaming services go. And pretty much on any streaming service, podcasts, Spotify, Netflix, Hulu, Discovery, whatever, I don't care. There's something about the Cecil Hotel, and especially now, for some reason, it has come back to light. And that's actually why we chose to discuss this, because there are two networks that have recently come out with some more information as far as the Cecil Hotel goes. Mm -hmm. And we all watched it, and we all have thoughts on it, pressing enough that, although we do have, we have some stories, some listener stories that have been submitted, we wanted to go ahead and take some time to talk about what we have learned as far as the Cecil Hotel goes. Mm -hmm. Because we think, I think it's important. I think now knowing what I know, this is going to be a huge spoiler. Let's just go ahead and say this right out of the gate. If you have not watched, what is it? So the Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel on Netflix mm-hmm. and then Ghost Adventures on Discovery Plus has recently released. They did a whole building sweep of the Cecil Hotel. And this is just going to be one giant spoiler if you haven't watched those or you don't already know the outcome of specifically the mystery surrounding Elisa Lamb. Mm-hmm. To be fair, though, even though it's a spoiler, I was going to say, you know, we're going to give you spoiler alerts, but honestly, this I want to a... <laughs> spoil it for you because we really need to clear the air. Because this shouldn't this. be a spoiler, and that's why this was pressing to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say the wine is very good. We kind of jumped right oh, in. Oh, yeah, I started talking because I wanted to cover up the pouring sounds. I haven't had a chance to try it yet, so Megan, if I don't know if you had a little bit more you wanted to say on the Cecil and why we chose it. I just had some pretty strong feelings after finishing both shows and then we had Megan watch it and I believe she has some pretty strong feelings and I just, I, I have to talk about it. Yeah. And then Maddie, of course, our guest who's here (laughs) with us probably has a feeling or two. (laughs) (laughs) What are those? (laughs) Um, No, I don't want to get too deep into anything right now or start making comments because I feel like we're, we're getting ready to get into this rabbit hole and hopefully you can join us. If you haven't watched either of those shows, pause uh, this right now. Yeah. Please go watch them. Um, Do yourself a favor. I would almost say watch Ghost Adventures first and then watch the documentary and then go back and watch Ghost Adventures again and <laughs> we'll see how you feel. <laughs> so yeah. that's all I'm going to say. Back to Folly Ado very quickly. Yeah, um, <laughs> sorry. I agree. This is super crisp. It goes down very nice. I'm not even a wine person and it is very good, so... I, I oh gone. <laughs> we both said it at the same time. Yeah, I'm not. You're not a big wine person. Yeah, I feel like we've mm-hmm. talked about this. Yeah, I 
do like wine. This is not bad. As far as Chardonnays go, it is very, it is very crisp. It's very nice. It's smooth, easy. It's pretty acidic. I'll give it that. Uh, I yeah. can feel it in the back of my throat. It's very tingly. It's almost like a, this sounds crazy, like a Sprite kind of, you know, how, just a really crisp carbonated beverage. It's not carbonated, but. And is it weird that it has a deeper yellow color than I was expecting? Looks like her. Oh hair. yeah, because you're you're. <laughs> Maddie currently has like highlighter yellow hair. It started very green. It and, did, and then it just kind of washed out to yellow. Yes. <laughs> uh, no, I think this is really good. Is it worth the seventeen dollars? Uh, considering what we've tried on this show, I'd say yes. Yes, I would I'd, say yes. Actually, you know the the more expensive wines are. And more expensive for a reason. So. Right. They say that, like, I feel like with wines, you can definitely taste the difference in price. They say with vodka, you there you can't tell a god dang thing. Have you ever had dark eyes? <laughs> Listen, for the most part, to the untrained eye and mouth and nose and whatever, head, shoulders, and toes, you can't freaking <laughs> tell the difference in vodkas for the most part. That's a generalization which we tend to sh try to shy away from, but mm -hmm. whatever, I'm human, I don't care. And this is now gonna be my third drink, so I really don't care. <laughs> I worked all day. Uh, this wine is so good. It's worth it, guys. I say pay that extra couple dollars for this wine. When you get that stimmy, go out and buy it. <laughs> Folly do. Do you hear us, Biden? We're asking once again. <laughs> do okay, I don't want to get into politics. He can only do so much. I'm not going to sit here and defend his every move and make sure I lick the ground he walks on, but he can only do so much without Senate and House approval. Anyway, shoot, that's so enough about politics. Shut that down real quick. Okay, we are going to jump into a little just the shallowest dive into the cecil hotel because there's just so much history that, behind this place that and if you're this far into this podcast and you're as interested in this topic as we are you probably already know a lot about the cecil hotel i don't know who doesn't that's why it's probably been brought up on multiple listener episodes at this point because our listeners, our guests that are with us know what we talk about, what we're interested in. The two that always come up are Waverly Hills mm -hmm. and Cecil. Mm -hmm. So, but we're here to talk about Cecil. Which they were both on our to visit list. Cecil, I think, <laughs> Cecil is still on my list with about a million reservations. Well, I think it's on my list for a totally different reason now, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Cecil Hotel is located in Los Angeles, California. Actually, when you look it up online, we're going to use Wikipedia, everyone's favorite, trusty, reliable source. Yeah, very reliable. When Incredible. you search the Cecil Hotel, it actually comes up as the stay on Main, which if you, since you paused us and watched the, the documentary, you're back now, you know that that was changed to kind of combat the history, the, I guess... Tarnished name of the Cecil. Yes, uh, it's also formerly known as Cecil Hotel, Hotel Cecil, and informally, The Cecil. It is a budget hotel in downtown Los Angeles, and it's located on Main Street. It was opened in December, on December 20th, 1924. 
It's 15 stories high and has 700 guest rooms. As of 2017, it's being renovated and redeveloped into a mix of hotel rooms and residential units. And you learn all about that in the documentary as well. Right. I keep wanting to dive into the logistics of the place, but I suppose that's not necessarily why we're here. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hmm. So the nice the Cecil, as you may know, has a bad reputation as far as violence, suicide, and murder goes, and that kind of leads into the whole supernatural aspect surrounding this hotel. It says on Wikipedia, one of the first documented suicides at the Cecil occurred on the evening of January 22nd, 1927, when Percy Orman Cook, 52, shot himself in the head while inside his hotel room after failing to reconcile his his wife with his wife and child. Huh. So hard times, tried to fix it, didn't work. Yeah. The end. Then some notable people at this who have died killed themselves whatever the case may be at the hotel we have elizabeth short who was dubbed in the media as the black dahlia in 1947 she didn't die in the cecil hotel she was found around it correct well it's that's definitely the last place she the last public Mm -hmm. place she visited before she was found dead yeah they said she was seen drinking at the cecil and that was the last time she was seen alive before being found brutally murdered she had been chopped up into pieces i think she was cut in half and then separated like very drastically separated did they not carve like her mouth open oh yeah they carved her face open into a big smile. Yeah. We're getting real... Did you not know this? I didn't hear that detail specifically, no. Yeah, no, they cut her in half, separated her so that everything in between was sprawled, and then cut her face into a smile. Like OG Joker style. It was enough, it was so, and this is such, for a lack of a better term, comical looking, that when somebody walked by, they almost thought it was a mannequin and left it alone. Because it was next to a sidewalk in Los Angeles. Like, it was feet away from a sidewalk. It wasn't hidden in a bush, it wasn't buried, just out in the open. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, someone thought it was a mannequin. That's... Yeah, pretty gruesome Something. stuff, right? <laughs> if only, strong. if we know. ever start to dive into true crime, it's over. Like, I, oh man, I am. <laughs> I'm telling you, if we ever take a segue into true crime, like how our listener episodes are segues, y'all get ready because I'm up. full of it. <laughs> Moving on, uh, in 1964, a retired telemarketer named Pigeon Goldie Osgood bless her, Mm -hmm. who had been well-known and well-liked as a long-term resident at the hotel, was found dead in her room. She had been raped, stabbed, beaten, and her room had been ransacked, and she had things stolen from her. It was extremely personal. It came across extremely personal. That's just a lot. If you know any telltale signs of, like, that's not, that doesn't seem like a random stranger that would have been... And as of today, her murder is unsolved. Yes. So that's unfortunate too. But it's like you have this woman who 
not necessarily a vagrant, but she's living in the Cecil Hotel for maybe dollars a day at the time. And she feeds pigeons. She minds her business. I mean, what what kind of vendetta could you have against this woman? Yeah, like, she was known locally. Like, that's the... Pigeon Goldie was a, like, warming nickname, like a loving nickname that was given by residents who knew her, citizens that knew her. She was just Mm -hmm. always out feeding the pigeons in her L.A. Dodgers hat. (laughs) Why would you hate that? I don't know. Right. What year did that, what year did that happen to her? 1964. I was going to say in the 60s, which you may, if they're going chronologically, you may come up on this person next. I realized that this next person was living, it may say it, sorry, I'm jumping ahead. I just Mm -hmm. like, this knowledge is all tucked away, was living there for $14 a night. Yes. So she was probably paying, and they they were on the 14th floor, so I don't know if that garnered more expenses or what, but she was was living there for very, very cheap. Mm Mm-hmm. And that, that is the next person on the list. Again, it's so much has been coming out about the Cecil lace lately or about someone who is tied to the Cecil because you may have heard of a documentary that came out a few weeks ago about Richard Ramirez or he's more commonly known as the Night Stalker. Yes. Who brutally raped, killed, just murdered people all shapes sizes genders it didn't matter that was the most terrifying part is that he didn't really have an mo he just if somebody looked vulnerable Uh he took advantage of the situation and somehow managed to get away with it for i don't know how many weeks he i mean it the time frame was short relatively but he it was over a dozen I can't remember, actually. I don't... It was more than a dozen, but not two dozen. Yeah. Somewhere in between there. Again, we're not going to get, like, into a deep dive of everyone because we could do uh, so would, many... A mini-series on it, at least. Yeah, just the people who stayed at the Cecil and what happened to them or what they did. Another person I didn't see they covered in here... Well, before you move on to the next person, I want to. I just want to say something... That bothered me, and I it bothered Maddie as well, was the whole, just Richard Ramirez in general, I cannot stand, especially in one of the, I can't remember, it was the documentary, The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel, they focus heavy, like lay on heavy the fact that he was a, is it Satanist, is that what, he... Um. I don't know what or he was a cultist or something. It's... I, the thing is, they're like, well, he worshipped Satan, so this is why he did the things he did. And they probably showed at least six times the footage of him leaving the courtroom saying, Hail Satan. Like, that has nothing to do. The way that there are Christians out there who call themselves Christians and then are homophobes and bigots and whatever, misogynist, whatever you want to call it. Like, the not true Christians that are giving Christians a bad name, that the real Christians are out there really trying their best to fix the tarnish that has happened because of these people. Same with people who, like, are part of the Church of Satan. It's not what you think it is. And especially in the 60s, it was extremely taboo. And Richard Ramirez is not even kind of a representation of what that is. And it's just very frustrating that... They relied heavily on that narrative of him worshiping Satan, and they're like, well, he was 
driven to do evil things because of this. No, he's just stupid. He is a sociopath. He's a serial killer. It has nothing to do with his religion. And he's dead. So he did. He did. <laughs> he yes. did die in, in twenty thirteen. Twenty thirteen. Which we'll get there. Unless you had any. So, extra yeah, thoughts I'm sorry. Feelings. I talked. Do you have any thoughts so far? No, I agree. Um, also, they kind of threw pentacles and all that stuff in there. Yes. Oh, every other scene, like it we're was all some, rolling our eyes right now. By the way, <laughs> it was it was just over the top and just not. It was like Satan, and then every time they said the word Satan, a pentacle showed up on the screen. Yeah. It's like okay, <laughs> which and we talked about the difference between pentacles and pentagrams. Yes, pen- which I didn't know there was a difference. Did you know that? Yeah, it isn't just the position of the star. No, the it's pentagram, the or is it how is you just the star and the, okay. the pentacle has a has circle, a circle. Okay. Which, which makes sense if you do tarot, if you you would know the pentacle at least. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Anyway. I guess I didn't. I mean, I think I knew there was a difference. I just obviously didn't know the difference. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, don't yuck like somebody. Not. Yeah. <laughs> don't yuck somebody's yum as far as religion goes. And that goes across all boards. And don't, I don't know, generalize. Don't be a poop. Mm-hmm. Go okay. on. <laughs> That's all. And I like we have strong feelings. Wikipedia did have our back. And so Richard Ramirez was in the 1980s. In 1991, Aust- Austrian Jack Unterweger, which I'm sure is how it's actually pronounced. They're yeah. really Americanized his name. Actually, when I've heard it said, they do say Unterweger. So, do they? Okay. Yeah. I think they pronounce the W like as an English <laughs> W. <laughs> yeah. Uh, while he was there, he portrayed himself as a journalist from Austria coming to cover the, I think, just the lives of, of people on Skid Row, specifically the sex workers and how they lived and what they did. And he would have sex workers frequent his room. He was actually coming to do, I believe, research on the recent uh, banishings and killings of sex workers. Well, and he actually came well, actually, to kill actually, people. He did, so. he did actually come to kill people, but he did write. He actually wrote, I believe, an autobiography, and it was a good-selling book. So if, you, if people did a, a little bit of research, they'd be like, oh, yeah, this guy writes. He's a journalist. Okay. He wrote that autobiography while he was in prison in Austria for murdering people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was convicted in Austria and then came to America and no one really looked in it was nineteen ninety one. I guess they just didn't really look into that and he said, Yeah, I'm here to uh uh, you know, just uh right look into stuff. some sex workers and see what they're up to. Well I guess he finished his time in Austria and that's why he was able to come to America and they sort of viewed him and put the, him on this pedestal of like, here's a completely reformed prisoner like look how good he is now he's better he doesn't want to kill anymore well surprise he He comes to los angeles and then he kills people immediately within days of being here there and if you're curious he killed three sex workers was found out after the third one they kind of put the pieces together found out that he was this 
serial killer from Austria and the coward hangs himself but after he's convicted. So yes. he's also dead. Bye-bye. He's gone. And he's so. just stupid because the way that he killed people while he was in Austria was by strangling them with their undergarments. Surprise. The three sex workers who suddenly vanished and were found dead very shortly after his appearance, right around up. the Cecil Hotel, he killed them by strangling them with their undergarments. Like, you could have tried. Yeah. A little bit. Well, when you have a, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, sort of. <laughs> it was broke. He got caught. It was very <laughs> he got broke. Caught both times. So. <laughs> he tried his best. Now, this leads us up to the, the most well known story of the Cecil Hotel. This is the one that everyone is focused on. Everyone is obsessed with, if you will, folly ado, a madness of two or madness of 200,000 people. I'm sure more that just all came together and came up with all of their ideas and their theories and just out, out their thoughts on Elisa Lamb. Which, to start the way that you presented that, the way you introduced it, is actually part of what started mine and Maddie's conversation regarding the whole thing, is yes, the Elisa Lamb case is tragic, it is very sad, it sucks that it happened to her, but what about the three sex workers that Unterweger killed? Mm-hmm. What about the countless other sex workers and vagrants and homeless people that go missing and are killed? And all of these things, what about them? Like, why Elisa Lamb? I am not... I think, really, you were kind of the one that brought it up. I think in the back of my mind, I didn't like that they're sensationalizing this one girl. Mm-hmm. But you had some thoughts on it. Did you want to discuss? Well, because um, they do mention it in the show for about five seconds. They're like, oh, yeah, people go missing around this area all the time. Literally all the time. <laughs> no one can find them. Um, oh, and then back to Elisa Lamb. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And that's what... I don't know if it's because of the technology age. This was 2013. She was really big on Tumblr and social media. And if it just had to do... More people had their hands on more technology at the time. Which sounds silly, but... You think about the sex workers who were killed in 1991. Did someone here in Indiana really care about what was happening in California? Probably not. Did they even hear about it? Probably not right away, no. So I don't know if it was just one of those right place, right time, if that's even the right thing to say. But just when it happened and how it happened. I think a lot of it may also have to do with Elisa had, as far as we can tell, a pretty involved family that was very big on trying to uncover the mystery of her disappearance where the sex workers and the homeless people, everyone who's been, you know, what is the word I'm looking for? <sighs> There's a gentrified to what is now Skid Row, which is very frustrating that they've just essentially boxed them into what seems like a concentration camp without borders. Anyway, these people end up there because they don't have the safety net that Elisa Lamb had. They don't have the family and the friends that care about them the way that people may have cared about her, which sucks. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. I don't know. Basically, the family made enough of a stink that it became this national headlining news where the sex workers that go missing every week 
Well, and I'm not saying that the people who were killed there previously, their lives didn't mean any more than hers did. I believe they all deserve justice and they all deserve, you know, the time and the care to, to memorialize them and to look into what happened to them and solve their cases, if you will, which Elisa Lamb's case for, I feel like for most people and even for us up until recently, we assumed was unsolved, which is not true. And that's what we're here <laughs> to talk about. And if you're not familiar, I'll just very, Elisa Lamb was a 21 year old girl in 2013 who was from the British Columbia who decided to go traveling on her own to explore the world. She wanted to get out and she wanted to see what other places had to offer and what better place to start than California, you know, all the possibilities. And she shows up there and she's there days. She's not there long at all. I, I think, think so, no. At least at the Cecil. And right. She had made her way down there. I think she started in California and eventually worked her way down to LA. Mm-hmm. So she had stayed other places. And yeah, she's at the Cecil for just a matter of days and then disappears. 19 days later, her body is found floating in the water tank on the roof of the Cecil Hotel. And so ensues this crazy, just off the wall story. (laughs) Yeah, like what happened to her? No one can figure out. So many parts and pieces aren't fitting. They think they found something and it turns out to be a dead end. On top of that, the police released this bizarre video, the last seen footage of Elisa Lam in an elevator, and she's acting erratic. She's very unusual gestures, motions. She's just not acting what would appear to be in her right mind. And the police released this with really no explanation except to say, this is the last time we saw her alive. And everyone's like, well, why is she acting that way? Why is she doing that? I think they did it in an act of, like, desperation because they, at the time, felt like they had exhausted most options and thoughts. And they're like, listen, we know there's a lot of people out there because this is now 2013. They're like, we web sleuths. I think at this point there may have been crimes that had been solved via web sleuths. Like, they had had a big hand in solving crimes at this point. So they're like, listen... Here's the footage. If anybody knows anything, if anyone has mm-hmm. seen this woman, if you have any information, like, we're, we need this right now. And like any other case, that opens the floodgate for false alarms. And in L.A., you're going to get a ton of them. And in the year 2013, when social media is really taking off, multiply that by who knows how much. Because now anybody with Wi-Fi and Internet ex- access has access to this footage. Mm-hmm. I don't think they released it to be like, look at this weird, bizarre footage. They really just released it to say, here's this woman, here's what she looks like. If you've seen her in the area, if you know her, please say something. It wasn't meant to be this big mystery. And it turned into a huge, year long, years long mystery. And it turned into a supernatural story. So, That being said, before I get any further, (laughs) we're going to talk about how we feel about that, the supernatural history behind the Cecil Hotel, 
every you know anything to do with Elisa Lamb, how we feel about the documentaries, because so much has come to light in these last few days for us, I believe, the three of us. So I don't know who would like to dive in first, but... I mean, I can go ahead and start by saying the thing for me is regardless of what happened to Elisa, all of these, like, this is more edging on this side of true crime that we're talking about right now. There's still a supernatural element to this hotel that, I mean, people wouldn't be drawn to it otherwise. Yes, the footage of Elisa Lamb was a little creepy, but even beyond her, people believe that the soul of Richard Ramirez has hung around the hotel because that's where he last stayed before he was caught. Same with Jack Unterweger, like, that's where the last of his evil doings happened before he killed himself, blah, 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 whatever. I believe that the hotel is still haunted, like, I don't, I don't know how else to say it. I think some pretty unfortunate things have happened. I'm pretty, I have strong feelings on the whole Elisa Lamb thing, but that doesn't, that doesn't dismiss the supernatural aspect of it. I just, I believe that the hotel is still haunted just by, I don't know, by design, by so many, I think how many, we looked this up, how many suicides have happened in that hotel? I can't remember exactly, but a lot. (laughs) Yeah, I think it was, I think it was 18 suicides, known suicides. Well, this sounds Or just kind of, or side of, side of, sorry, the the wine's starting to hit and I felt like I was (laughs) rambling for a second there. I might like give the reins to somebody else in a second, but the suicides or just any kind of death, whether that be murder, what have you, we're getting up to like 20 somewhat documented, but I swear something we looked up said there could be upwards of like 80 involving the Cecil Hotel. Which I believe. So, like, I think that gives it room to be haunted. I think that's fair to say. Mm-hmm. I think, without having been there, I do believe... I would say it's haunted. So much has happened there. Like you said, so many people are going there. They have these experiences, which I'm sure some of them can be explained away. I've stayed in a supposedly haunted hotel in Georgia. I stayed at the Marshall House. Mm -hmm. There were some things that happened that they said would happen that I immediately, without even experiencing myself, said, it's an active hotel. There's people staying there. When you say you can hear kids laughing and people running up and down the halls, yeah, probably. You probably can. (laughs) As a matter of fact, I did, and I didn't blink an eye. I didn't think it was supernatural in any way. There were other things I experienced that were unusual and... I guess, yes, for the skeptics out there, I could find a way to explain it away, but it's very convenient that it happened, when it happened, and how it happened. So I would say with everything that's happened, there there are so many people we didn't cover. Like you said, there's 20 or so documented suicide deaths, whatever. Well, there's when you include just deaths, murders, homicides, there's probably more. But there are people we didn't cover, even notable people. A woman who jumped to her death from, what, the top floor, 14, 15 floor, and landed on a passerby and killed him in the process of trying to kill herself. Yeah, and they both died, thankfully, 
instantly. Yeah, if there was any way to go, it's instant. So there's cases like that that we don't cover. A woman who jumped out of her window and landed on the marquee (laughs) and had to be retrieved by firefighters. And actually, the one about the lady who, and this is real, gave birth in the bathroom. Had no freaking clue she was pregnant. And in her mind, she thought she had given birth to a stillborn and was like, well, this won't do. This is a woman who clearly was not in her right mind for one reason or another, thought she had given birth to a stillborn. So her reaction to that was to uh, throw it out the window. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She did. And the baby, surprise, was not a stillborn. It was much, very much alive. And she was just like, oh, I thought it was dead, so I threw it out the window. And she did not get charged on the the case that she pled insanity. And I mean, like, that sounds pretty messed up to me. So they're just like, you're right. You weren't in your right mind. You didn't mean to do that. And she did not get charged with that. Yeah, so all these horrific deaths and suicides and these murderers who stay there, these serial killers... Without having been there, no, I cannot say with 100% certainty that the Cecil's haunted, but if anywhere is going to be haunted, I'd probably start with that place, I think, personally. Uh So, what about you? (laughs) I would agree. I've heard a lot of things from a lot of different shows that we've watched about, you know, demons and all this evil nonsense that's supposedly there that causes all this stuff, which I don't 100% believe in. Could there be negative energy from all this bad stuff happening? Yes. Do Mm -hmm. I think it's like some demonic hot spot? I don't know. (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I Demons and stuff, I don't know if like demons are hanging out there. Are demons real? I don't know. That's kind of like not something I really dwell on too much. But one thing I will say in the documentary of The Vanishing of the Cecil, or whatever it's called on Netflix, the very last episode they talk about uh, synchronicity and how Mm -hmm. it's all of these things that happen that are... You can connect them in a way, but there's really nothing seemingly connecting these events or these people or these things, but it's just really, really strange coincidence. Like a co- Well, and even a coincidence, they say once or twice is a coincidence, but when you have five, six, seven, eight times, it's not really a coincidence anymore. You almost have to question, is there something evil that's drawing people to this place was elisa drawn there by design was she always meant to go there and that kind of crossed my mind because again this is getting into like conspiracy theory stuff in the very (laughs) end of the last episode they talk about oh what is that is it like a invisibility cloak (laughs) well no not even that what is it it's either a vaccination or something the tuberculosis yes yeah it is called lamb eliza which is like it has this weird exact spelling scientific name but they shorthand it yeah it's an abbreviation and it spells out lamb eliza they pronounce it eliza but it's spelled lamb elisa it's the exact same spelling of her name or 
the movie Dark Water, which mm-hmm. I've never seen, but it has John C. Riley in it, and he's out here doing God's work. He and is, which <laughs> actually, so... with the with the tuberculosis thing, the other weird phenomenon, the weird connection that people have made with that is tuberculosis is usually contracted through contaminated water, which Elisa Lamb's body was found in the water tanks of the Cecil Hotel, mm-hmm. which, if you recall, our listener episode number three, I think... We talked about the way that patrons, the way the body was discovered ultimately was patrons talked about. The water looked funny. It tasted funny. Mm, Uh, And so people were drinking that water. People were brushing their teeth with that water. They were bathing in that water. And tuberculosis is transmitted through contaminated water. It can be. That's, I think, the most common way that it's done. And one decomposing body in the water tank to the tuberculosis vaccine is shorted, shortened to lamb Eliza. Mm-hmm. That's, it's a lot of weird coincidences. Do I feed into it? Absolutely not. But I do think it's a little strange. Like, what are the odds of all of that? There's so many coincidences. It's like, mm, when do we stop calling it a coincidence, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. I feel like there are a lot of coincidences and some of them are really weird, but I feel like also if you dug deep enough, in, I mean, anything, especially a place with so much history and stuff, you would find a lot of coincidences (laughs) like that anywhere. Mm -hmm. I mean, these ones specifically are a little bit odd, I think, Mm -hmm. but I feel like in a place with so much history, if you dig deep enough, you're going to find at least something I agree. I think it's not, if you're looking for it, you're going to find mm-hmm. it. Kind it's of like, thing. Yeah. yeah, it's like when you get a new car. Like, if you bought a brand new, like, Hummer, suddenly you would be seeing Hummers all over the street. Yeah. Or, like, what's the that weird, what's the movie with Jim Carrey? Is it, 20, is it 23? Where he I think sees so. the number 23 everywhere, and it's like, you could sit here and do all sorts of math and find 23s everywhere. If you're looking, yes. If you divide and multiply and subtract <laughs> enough times. Pemdis. If, what is it? Please excuse my tear Especially <laughs> and, and all those square roots and nonsense. You're going, if you're looking for it, you're going to find it. That's what it boils down to. Tuberculosis with contaminated water and lamb Eliza. It's pretty on the nose. But again, if you're looking for it. Well, and one of the big conspiracies was the movie Darkwater, which again, I haven't seen. I haven't But either. I've seen clips of it and people have highlighted the parts of it that are eerily similar to what happened to her and this movie came out years before she ever even probably had a thought in her mind to go to California. Mm -hmm. So when I think about it she was our age which also kind of like takes me back a little bit. She was born in 1991. Right yeah because she she died when she was 21 right? Yes. Yeah. In 2013 so it was early in February which that's another thing I noticed. Again if you're looking for it you're going to find it. A lot of things happen in the January February time frame because one of the other things that happened a year prior to her death there was a patron that visited the Cecil Hotel that he really needs some justice and at the very least a, a sorry from somebody <laughs> and that is his stage name is Morbid. His real name, I believe, is... Oh my gosh, I don't want to say it wrong. Is it Pablo Vigara? I think so. That man visited the hotel in February of 2012. 
and somehow, because these internet sleuths, I understand they're out here doing all this digging, and in some cases they have helped to solve cases or at least bring something to light that maybe wasn't there before. But in this case, they ruined a man's life and to the point that he himself attempted suicide. And I'm so angry about it. And the fact that they even brought him onto this documentary to tell his story and nowhere in the documentary do you hear someone tell him sorry. I wonder if that was their sad attempt at being like, oh, well, we'll tell your story and that's our apology. Like, Right. He <clears throat> reluctantly agreed to do this interview. And he said, like, he was a musician. He was an artist. And he said since this has all happened, he hasn't been able to write music anymore. He did try to take his own life. But, I mean, he's been going since then, luckily. But he, he doesn't write music anymore. He doesn't do anything he used to do anymore because these web sleuths just got this tunnel vision and started, you look too deep. You don't see the big picture anymore and you start to find all these tiny little could-be connections. Something as simple, he was, what would you call him? Like a metal artist? Like a, kind of like a dark metal artist. Death metal. Is there along the line of like cannibal corpse? I would uh, say. Yeah, and his lyric, his lyrics, surprise, involve a lot of death, involve a lot of imagery surrounding death. So like drownings, like hangings, like what a just heaven and hell and all of he that. He had a in song about stalking a girl. At least the music video, he was like stalking a girl until he catches her and kills her. And then it talks about like drowning her. Like he could have talked about drowning his sorrows, and people be like. Drowning, water, Elisa Lamb, they went after this man full force and like it they only this is all from the vanishing of the Cecil Hotel. They only interviewed a handful of these notable web sleuths, but I guarantee thousands, probably thousands of people went after this guy and started calling him a murderer, started telling him to confess, started telling him like you have to live with what you did now, like Almost convincing that, like, did I kill Elisa Lamb? I don't know. He, this, because he stayed at the Cecil Hotel one year prior. That was really the only tie they had. And they're like, well, you did that and you talked about drowning. So, like, clearly you killed this woman. And I, I don't know. I'm very, very annoyed by the web sleuths. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Maybe we'll get to that. I'm just, ooh, <laughs> we both, we both were so annoyed by these people. What's his face? Sabani or whatever. I don't know. That dude worships the ghostly ground that Elisa Lamb walks on. I cannot stand... Mm-hmm. We all lost a piece of ourselves the day Elisa Lamb died. Shut up. Shut your mouth, dude. Like, sorry you're getting off on a ghost. That's not my problem. Like, I don't know what to... T- he was... Ugh, he's creepy. Whoa, he's creepy. Mm-hmm. <sighs> he seemed almost like he was... Like an obsession, basically, I think. With not the case, but her specifically. Mm-hmm. I feel he, like he was um, almost... I, I can't think of the word. He just had no... He didn't realize how unusual his obsession was. Because they, they did show clips of other people in their research and their clips of their podcasts and YouTubes and things like that. But he, like... He went in. Didn't so. he say he has prob- probably spent tens of thousands of hours researching this case? Something. When there was finally closure, he sent, because he wasn't able to for reasons, he sent a third party to go visit her grave and touch it for him. 
Mm-hmm. And if that's <laughs> not, like, that grosses me out. Because you, I'm sure, with how deep you've dug this hole for Elisa Lamb, you had to have been one of those web sleuths that absolutely went after Morbid. And you're more worried about this dead girl than you are about the guy whose life has been ruined because of you, because of thousands of people like you. You creepy, balding douchebag. Ugh. God. <laughs> Did you have something to say? No. <laughs> you just really went in there. I just yeah. went in. I'm just... I'm, Which I, I don't disagree, but... I... Oh, Lord. And that is not... Episode. I would like to clarify that's not... We do. We feel very deeply for what happened to Elisa Lamb. That's not a slam. No, I am on the, like Elisa Lamb. But on, the reason why we're doing this episode is because we're frustrated about how Elisa Lamb's case has been portrayed. For now, six six years, we've been misled. But like Sabani can go f himself, and not <laughs> to the thought of Elisa Lamb's corpse. I can't deal with you. And well, <laughs> segueing, getting away from him, I, we're going to go ahead feel. and jump to the fact that this is the big spoiler. I guess we did save it to the end for you guys. There is, everyone talks about the ghost story and that Elisa Lamb haunts this hotel among other people who have died there. And hers is because it's just this big mystery about how did she die? Why was she acting that way? Was someone chasing her? Was she possessed? What what caused her death? And the sad realization is that it has been out there. The information has been available to us and it's crazy to me. We're not gonna get back into them too much, but the web sleuths that they dedicated so much of their lives to researching what happened to Elisa in this hotel and just casually missed this one piece of evidence that came out as a correction once Elisa Lamb's family filed a lawsuit against the hotel. And they said, whoops, when we said this, we meant this, and it cleared the air for everything. And it resolved this whole case and they said, yeah, yeah, but that takes away from the ghost story. And we're like, mm, but it also brings closure yeah. to the family and to her. And you need to, you need to tell the real story. Obviously, so, we enjoy ghosts here. This case has been closed for six years. Mm-hmm. And I almost feel a little embarrassed that we've talked about it as much as we have without doing research. I say without doing research we have done research. You have to dig for the truth on this one. That's why there's still misinformation today. That's why there's still people who don't know what happened to this day. That's why there are multiple documentaries that just got released in January of 2021 talking about the truth today because it is not public knowledge. It's not mm-hmm. like this it's not knowledge that you find right away. You kind of have to like sift to find it. Mm-hmm. So Maddie, what is the big piece of information that everyone just seems to want to skim over um, that solves this case? Well, Megan, <laughs> um, the top of the um, water tower where she was found was not in fact closed. It it's, was. Open. It was open. Uh, 
that literally came from a police officer, police officer who accidentally said the lid was closed. I think he said, we believe that the lid was closed. And it, it was in this communication, he spoke incorrectly. Basically, they told him, we believed that the lid was closed, but it in fact was not. So she very easily could have fallen in and just stayed there. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, yeah, 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 I got it. Yeah, we believe the lid closed. We believed it was closed. It was all miscommunication because the big mystery is that she was in the tank, but the lid was closed. So who put Elisa in the tank and closed the lid? It obviously was, it was a murder, a murder most foul, if you will. (laughs) No, the tank was open when they found her. The tank was open. And now that the whole, that big piece of evidence is out in the open, the quick boom, boom, boom of it is... Was she bipolar? Was she diagnosed with bipolar disorder? Yes. Was she medicated? Yes. When they tested her blood, did they find that her medication was in her system and no other medications, no other drugs, no other alcohols were in her system? Yes. The problem was she had inconsistently been taking her medication at the time. And if anybody is medicated for anything, you may have an idea of you can't just start and stop these things on a whim. If she had stopped it for any stretch of time and then began it again, it has adverse effects. And she may have had a manic break. We Mm -hmm. have no idea what was going through her mind. We don't know. There are plenty of ways she could have gotten to the roof without setting off the alarm. There are plenty of reasons why she would have gone up there. Manic episodes do that. You you black out. You dissociate. That's what mental illness does to you sometimes. And as sad as it is, as unfortunate as it is, the short of it all is she, for one reason or another, had a manic break, made it up to the roof of the Cecil Hotel. That water tank was open. And she got in and the whole her being naked in the tank thing, they believe that she just tried treading water in jeans and a shirt and shoes and a jacket. She probably came to like had some sense of like, oh crap, I'm in a water tank and took off her heavy wet clothes to try to stay afloat for longer. And it just didn't, I mean, she wasn't found in time. Mm -hmm. It is extremely unfortunate I think it's just this whole ghost story. Uh, Again, this is something me and Maddie discussed a little in detail between the two of us. The ghost story is cool and all. I think everyone is sensationalizing the ghost story and the mystery and the foul play and whatever to downplay the fact that mental illness in this country is so poorly helped. It's just like, we just want to say that it's anything other than the fact that she didn't have the, I don't know, what, what would you call it? She didn't have the resources that she needed. She didn't have the help that she needed. That just mental health in this country is not taken seriously and it's not approached in a serious manner. And so they're like, yeah, she had bipolar disorder. Yeah, she inconsistently took her medications and she was known to go on manic breaks every now and then as her roommates at the Cecil Hotel said, and that's why she got her own room. No, it's not the Cecil Hotel's job to go through every resident's history of 
mental illness and medication, whatever. It doesn't matter. Just, I'm just frustrated that it was a mental health issue and everyone's like, oh, what's mental health? Ghosts now. Foul play. Rape. Yes. Like, it couldn't possibly be mental illness. We don't want to talk about that. Okay, anybody else? (laughs) I could keep going. I feel like it's just kind of sad that I feel like a lot of people, especially in the documentary, the web sleuths, you know, almost it seemed like they would rather it have been some terrible murder and rape and like just Mm -hmm. this awful thing rather than her just having, not just, but having mental illness and Mm -hmm. dealing with that. It's just... I picked up on I felt like that's they really wanted someone to just put on a pyre mm-hmm. they wanted so badly to point the finger at somebody and I think that was like them grasping at straws for morbid that was not fair just a guy who visited a year prior who had an alibi and police said it literally could not be this guy and they said what huh we can't hear you he wasn't even (laughs) in the country when it happened no and that was proved quickly very quickly they said it he's not your guy and they said no no have you seen his music videos i understand his music videos his lyrics depict very dark things morbid if you will yeah which he said it's his persona it's what makes him feel ironically alive is taking on this persona of death and this morbid look at life and he can't even he can't enjoy the things he enjoyed before he can't make music anymore because it's been ruined for him because it was used against him and I couldn't imagine you know having something that I loved and that I'm passionate about used against me and said by the way kill yourself like that ah like that's terrible and awful and I feel like that's what the web sluice did and it was super bad and I know we focused a lot on the the documentary The Vanishing which is after watching it Again, I listened to the language and I picked up on at the time or we thought and I didn't notice it at first. And then as it was going on, I'm like, "Mm, they keep like alluding to the fact that, well, this is what we thought it was. But like you could hear the but on the end of their sentence, which brings me to Ghost Adventures, which (laughs) Zach Baggins, I got words for you. I'm a little disappointed in you, man. I, (laughs) I watched it. And then I watched The Vanishing. Mm-hmm. And then I watched Ghost Adventures again. And yeah, I believe we watched the we watched the first episode of The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel, and then we watched the Ghost Adventures Cecil Hotel in its entirety. And then mm-hmm. we finished The Vanishing. And lots of mixed feelings, yeah, especially from them because I understand that they were there for about a week. And filming had to take place, and then there's editing, and you have to produce, and all these things. Like, they didn't do this right before the documentary or anything like that. But it was... The timing was interesting. Almost simultaneous. Almost. Within the same month. And one of the first things I noticed... It's one of the first things that he points out, and one of the last things that's brought up in the documentary is the coroner's notes the autopsy notes in the autopsy you can see that both accidental death 
and cannot be determined are checked, but cannot be determined is scratched out. They've written error and it goes back to accidental death. And they said, what's going on here? Because Zach talks about how this date says uh, the 15th and then non-conclusive says the 18th. And then they try to scratch it out and go back. No, no. The coroner even points this out. Both of them are the same date. It's like his pen gave the out. The dude while was he using a eight. crappy big pen. Like, what do you want from him? He initialed it. He dated it, and ever you can clearly see mm-hmm. the mark on the paper where he wrote an eight, but the but the ink in the pen gave out. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, that's a five. You can't convince me otherwise. And I know, I know that these were being filmed around close to the same time. So I guess. Maybe Zach didn't know this, but if you use your special eyes, you can see <laughs> that it's the same date. And then, so that made me mad. I was like, please stop it. He goes, what actually happened? Is this a cover-up? I'm like, drama queen, calm down. <laughs> well, I mean, me like, low-key, he's always a drama queen. Like, I know. Let's be honest. But this really just, like, mm, sealed the deal. Because then the next thing... He, he goes on to dramatize everything. He talks about what floor was Elisa Lamb on when she's pressing these buttons. I'm like, you obviously are not as good as these internet sleuths because they figured that out so fast. They said 14th floor. She clicked on it and it didn't stay lit up. It's like, well, that answered that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, when they're showing the shot of the buttons in the elevator, conveniently leaves out that last row of buttons one of the big mysteries is the door doesn't shut on Elisa. Why doesn't the door shut? Which, unfortunately, that was one thing that I stuck on. I was like, that's, that's the thing true. that creeped me out, is why did the door stay open? Mm-hmm. And that, to me, was the supernatural aspect of it. That has an answer, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's, there's a button in the middle, at the very bottom, that says, door hold. And these people who have gone to the Cecil and investigated internet web sleuths, just not the actual police. These are the people who were doing research on the internet, went to the hotel, pressed that button, and timed it. And guess what? It stays open for two minutes when you hit door hold. Yep. Immediately takes away the whole... The, the supernatural aspect of why isn't the door shutting on her? Which, again, I also laid really heavy on that. I said, okay, well, then explain why the door doesn't shut. When she's going through and erratically pressing buttons, she presses door hold. Right. And the video itself is about six minutes long. The last minute to minute and a half, she's already gone and out of the elevator. She presses the door hold button right when she gets in there, does her thing, gets back in, and presses door hold again. Mm-hmm. That gives the door at least four minutes to stay open. A minute and a half of this six-minute video is nothing. So, surprise, There, there's your ghost mm-hmm. on the door thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, and that was in the first, like, 15 minutes of Ghost Adventures. I, really, 15 to 20 minutes. I just, I stopped taking notes because I said, this is outrageous. These are things that, even though... There was no way. The the vanishing of Cecil Hotel came out after Ghost Adventures, but regardless, just a little bit more research would have told him this case is solved. There's nothing... I can't say that she isn't her soul or her spirit isn't there. I don't know that. But what happened to her is not a mystery. Right. Mm -hmm. And spoilers a little bit on the Ghost Adventures thing. 
they do they use a ton of ghost hunting equipment in this episode because mm-hmm. it, I mean it's 2020 2021 whatever they're they're wearing masks so you know it's during quarantine and they are using a lot of EVP and in one of the rooms clear as day like I know me and Maddie heard it and I know, mm-hmm. I'm sure Megan heard it as well because I even went well that you can't really make that one up the EVP picks up when they ask who's here clear as day it says Elisa Lamb um, I do think it was actually a spirit box that they caught it on now. Yes, spirit box. Good. <laughs> yeah, oh, because that was the whole thing. Because the way spirit boxes work is it's white noise, but what it is is it's quickly sifting through radio stations using that white noise, and the idea is that spirits will garner energy from that white noise and speak through it. What happens sometimes, as we've learned when we did Miram livery, is that it will it, it's sifting through radio stations. So surprise, sometimes you will pick up radio stations. Who was the one that pointed out our sister, our oldest sister Brianna? Yeah, mentioned that these came out very very close in time to each other. If they were filming close to before this was produced, they were probably already advertising for The Vanishing of the Cecil on Netflix. So what name are you going to hear a lot when you go through any kind of advertisements, any kind of commercials on TV, on radio? Especially in the Los Angeles area. Mm -hmm. Elisa Lamb. Mm -hmm. So the chances of their spirit box picking up the name Elisa Lamb in the middle of The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel being advertised in Los Angeles, California is pretty it's high extremely high now it was pretty good timing to say who's here the timing was a little (laughs) weird that is that is true because another thing that the spirit box picked up when they weren't there like unprovoked i think was it was in the room that jack jack unterweger stayed in and i think it said i'm jack which I could also hear mm-hmm. without subtitles. Mm-hmm. And the, the one thing that got me, I don't know why it like gave me chills. I was like, that's gross. I don't like that. Is in Jack's room. Zach Bagans was in there and he thought he heard. The thing is, he thought he heard something and turned himself towards the sink in the room and nothing happened. He's like, well, whatever. Positions the camera back to the spirit box only to be startled seconds later turn the camera around the water in the sink is now running like almost like at at a weird like impossible to me impossible angle it looks Mm -hmm. like it looked like just a line like i didn't i don't Mm -hmm. think at first we thought it was running water but it was just running so perfectly that it was just this perfect line of water and i was like i don't like that yeah not just like a drip like it had barely been turned it was on it's like someone like cranked the the knobs on the faucet did not like that Mm -hmm. and i honestly thought i could hear like some voices in the background Mm -hmm. like nothing like on the spirit box uh no in the background of his video i think Mm. it just sounded not like anything discernible but like Like just chatter Mm. to me Mm. while that was all happening my question is, do you think that was set crew 
that was like, look at the thing, look away. We're going to run and then turn on the sink real quick and then run right. out. I mean... Or do you think it was, like, spirits? I, <laughs> I mean, we won't know. That's true. Ever, but... Well, <laughs> even if someone did run in and turn it on, you said it's at a strange angle. It's not falling straight down, right? I feel and... like it was arched. It was weird. And we, like, yeah. dissected, we dissected we went back it. and looked and tried to see if, like, the knob had turned, and it really didn't at all look like it had. But then he went and turned it off, so it was... It was weird. I don't... But but if someone ran in, were they really, like, as meticulous to be, like, let's mark so you can't tell? Because we paused and went frame by frame <laughs> to get a clear image on the knobs to see if they had turned. And not even a little bit. Mm-hmm. They were in the exact same position. And they're one of those, like, X knobs. So if, it, if someone turned it on and it would look like this, you would know. Right. And they didn't move. So we're like how deep did they go like maybe that is i mean they could have turned it off from like an outside source mm-hmm. and then Tur- happened to turn it back on but hmm. it, it was weird definitely <laughs> it's strange with the water thing because that happened at the marshall house where the shower was on when we came back so right that, that's there true something with hmm. water that must be an easy thing to manipulate maybe i don't know well, right. I feel like running water is like a power source. Mm-hmm. I mean, for electricity even and things like that. So yeah, it would make sense. I think it's yeah. also interesting that a lot of EVPs can be picked up through like when there's running. I okay. For some reason, the example that I'm going to is Hell's Gate here. In, near us in Brazil when you're under the tunnel and there's that tiny little stream of water running you think you hear voices all the time and you if you could you mm-hmm. could probably dissect and pick out something that's like oh my gosh that sounded like I said hello mm-hmm. but it's just like babbling water <laughs> I it, it, either it does have energy or water just has this weird effect but that doesn't explain how a sink got turned on and that doesn't explain how a shower kept running Mm-hmm. Just, I don't know. I don't know if that was any kind of segue. I'm, I'm, ladies, I'm feeling something. I don't know. <laughs> this wine. I swear. I'm sorry, people. <laughs> so, Ghost Adventures, <laughs> yes. Zach Bagans has always been over the top, over dramatic. Pretty annoyed that the information he gave was just... He, he's on he's twisting the story just like everybody else is online and is just perpetuating the problem of not giving they do okay they do talk about how she had bipolar disorder and but they just very much skim on that because they don't want to it's called ghost adventures they don't want to lose that mm-hmm. you know the storyline because this is such a notorious place that you don't have a show now if you can't convince people that it's haunted. Do I believe it's haunted? Again, I'm coming full circle. I believe there's spirits there. I believe there's something housed in there. Is Elisa Lamb there? I don't know. I don't know. I also believe that it's haunted regardless of the word that I am have in mind as far as Zach goes and these web sleuths and anybody involved that has any voice is irresponsible. Mm -hmm. Like it is very irresponsible and really sort of, what is the word? They're being very disrespectful. disrespectful. I should know that because (laughs) our ghost tube screams it at us all the time. 
it's disrespectful to the family to act like you don't know, to act like it's still this big mystery, which actually I had before we started recording this, I played an episode, another podcast that talks about the Cecil Hotel for Maddie and Megan. And I'll go ahead and say it because I do like actually part of the conceptual concept. What is the, I'm trying to think of big words. Sorry. Sorry, everybody. I'm falling apart. Content. I, I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> Something that lent a hand, lended a hand in coming up with our podcast and how we were going to shape it and form it and mold it was this podcast called Haunted Places. And they sort of fictionalize real life haunted places and then tell the real story. And Cecil Hotel is the very first episode that this podcast did. So I had them listen because I gave it another listen. I wanted to give it another go before we recorded this to have it fresh in my mind. And you heard at the very end, he talked specifically regarding Elisa Lamb. He says, it's still a mystery. Here's what I believe happened. Here's why I think it was foul play. Would you like to know when that podcast episode aired? That's what I was going to ask. 2017. Okay, but did they... The parents sued the hotel in 2016, right? It this All of this information came to light in 2015. Oh, I thought it was 20... This <laughs> podcast, Haunted Places, which is through ParCast, I am not knocking them at all. I really do like the podcast. ParCast has a lot of really good podcasts. But I, again, it's very irresponsible and it's very disrespectful that in 27, October of 2017, almost into 2018, this podcast is like, and it's still a mystery to this day. No one, we still will never know. Like, here's what I think happened. We know what happened. Don't, you're sensationalizing this. It's not. Well, are they doing research and they're just getting bombarded with this ghost story that's just continues to cover up the truth and the could he, he have done a deeper dive yeah sure he could have gotten into court documents but i mean so could we i say when have we really gotten that deep not often i don't know not that we're not a professional podcast but i feel like especially with haunted places it seems more like a professional we're professionals here Mm -hmm. it seems like a professional podcast i'm like i feel like especially with podcast behind you you would come at it with facts and they just didn't Mm. (sighs) so many feelings lots of feelings lots of whatever elisa lamb's case is closed everybody it was yeah. mental illness. It was a very, very unfortunate case of a break, a mental break. It's just, it's just what happened. Mm-hmm. She may have been, uh, oh, I meant to, I almost told you this earlier and then I kept it. I was like, no, I want to save it. Just, to, I'm mad because I feel like I had a theory that sound, seemed very sound to me. I was very proud of myself, and it proved to be completely <laughs> pointless. But you know what? I don't care. In all the pictures that you look up of Elisa Lamb, not all of them, most of them, she's wearing glasses. Mm-hmm. So we know that she has some sort of... Astigmatism. Well, not even that, but she just, like, ha- her eyesight is not perfect. Mm-hmm. 
when you see her get into the elevator, she gets really close to the buttons and pushes all of them. When she gets out of the elevator, yes, her hands are distorted and she's moving very weird, but she's reaching as if she can't see something. She keeps, like, looking around the corner, is acting very scared of whatever's out in the hallway. If her eyesight was bad enough, a chair down the hallway could have looked like somebody stalking her. Could have looked like somebody, like, wait, like, why aren't you moving? Stop following me. Get away from me. And this still figure that she can't make out with her bad eyesight, she's hiding from it because she's like, this person's creeping me out. Why don't they go away? That's why she had to get really close to the buttons. That's why she was feeling when she got out because she couldn't see what was in front of her. Very good theory. No, absolutely no <laughs> merit to it. I mean, if she's already having a psychotic break, though, maybe the added fact that she couldn't see very well, just, I mean, it could have just made it worse, honestly. Yeah, mm-hmm. just exacerbated the delusion. Mm-hmm. Not that it that isn't true. It, it very well could be. Because there is a picture with her seen without glasses, probably contacts, but... In that instance, maybe if she woke up and was just already, you know. Right. Then again, Maddie, you wear glasses. You can get by without them if need be, but... Yeah, my eyesight's not that bad, though. She could have... Yeah, we have no idea what her eyesight is. Because you don't wear contacts. You don't want to poke your eyes. (laughs) My eyes are too sensitive for that. (laughs) It's because you didn't absorb your twin in the womb. That's your fault. I'm weak. (laughs) Too weak. Oh, man. But we could talk about this so much longer. Like I said, we could do a whole just season or mini series on just the Cecil and the people surrounding it and the other people who lost their lives in, around, because of the hotel, they all deserve, you know, justice, and they deserve the to have the focus on them, too. It's not just about Elisa Lamb. We are focusing on Elisa for a totally different reason that other podcasts have focused on it, or TV shows, documentaries, and that is not to say that those other podcasts are wrong <laughs> They didn't do, they weren't trying to hurt anybody on purpose in what they said. Podcasts that I really enjoy covered the Cecil and I 100% bought into it because that's also what I was told happened or didn't happen. And now that we know the truth, I feel like everyone who at least covered it in some manner or another can at least admit like, we know now we're sorry. We didn't even mention them. BuzzFeed Unsolved was a big one. Yes. And they actually, semi-recently, again, because they released the Cecil years ago at this point, but they, semi-recently, I would say within the last couple months, released another video regarding the Cecil. I haven't watched it. I don't know if it's clarification. I would hope that it is. Mm -hmm. But from the comments that I saw on it, I don't believe that it is. Or maybe they didn't word in a way that people were satisfied. Right. There's closure on this case. I'm glad that there's closure, but I'm almost more frustrated that there's been closure for years. And we're so deep into this stuff. I feel like we should have known by now. And if we're this deep in and we didn't know, how long is it going to be before people finally just give it up? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm hoping people get the jarring 
truth when they tune into this documentary thinking they're going to get a deep dive into this haunting of the Cecil because it does have that grabbing title of Vanishing Cecil Hotel or whatever, something along those lines. Yeah. And they surprise and delight you at the end with the truth. So... Yeah. So, I mean, all in all, this episode came about because, honestly, just out of frustration Mm -hmm. that there's closure. Sorry, this is one giant hour and a half plus long episode of spoilers, Mm -hmm. but the case is closed. It's, and this is about do not ignore mental illness. Like don't write it off for the sake of a ghost story. What happened to her was extremely unfortunate. And I hope that it doesn't have to happen to anybody else. Like Mm -hmm. I hope we take mental illness, mental health, (laughs) mental (laughs) health, wellness more seriously. Like I, Mm -hmm. And I hope that people who did cover this, big names, BuzzFeed Unsolved, Parcast, Podcast, uh, Haunted Places, all Ghost Adventures especially, being right on the heels of this documentary. Oh, an apology. Also, go find Morbid on YouTube, on Spotify, on social media. Go follow them. Go hype him up. Because, like, God dang it, if he doesn't get an apology, I'm going to come knock y'all out. Yeah. I'm so salty with everybody. <laughs> it did. That made me so mad. Just, he even says it in the episode or in the documentary that even after they find out that it wasn't him and they find out the truth behind the story, he said, you know, hundreds of people are filling his inbox and telling him that, that he's a murderer and all of these terrible, awful things, but then once they find out he's not, did all of those people go back and say, my bad, I'm sorry? No, not a one. So, we're sorry, Morbid. This was even, I never even knew about him until his documentary, so I feel like, uh, I'll say sorry for some of them. (laughs) Sorry, Morbid. Can only do so much. I think it's honestly kind of sick too at the end it's document of the documentary oh, when they're all talking finally accepting oh not that quite yet oh, but, oh but when they're all finally accepting that it was mental health that was I guess the that's problem so, here yeah. mm-hmm. they were all so sorry that she was dealing with this but I no one ever said anything about morbid trying to kill himself no one no. even seemed to care Sabani <laughs> like so, sliding out of his chair saying we're so sorry for Elisa. Morbid who? Sorry, Elisa. We're so sorry that this happened to her, but obviously we don't care about mental health that much because... (laughs) Right, get effed, Morbid. That's not me saying that. (laughs) I feel like the dude said, I think I might have said at the beginning, how he's just like the day she died, a piece of us died with her. Like, get over yourself, please. Please. Yeah. But I thought you were about to tell us this really... Like, it's such... It's the quickest, like, we're gonna slip this in and let you know so you guys can just be even more angry. But there's a... I told you when I did the history at the very beginning that as of 2017, they're renovating this building and it has a new owner. Right. For multiple reasons, this is really distasteful and annoying and Mm -hmm. I don't know. They're, They're turning it into like a lower cost living and then like half of it's going to be for the lower wage living 
and then for long what's the word like extended stay mm-hmm. people so the other half will be a luxury hotel ooh ah and they've even separated by name that's why stay on main is going to be the luxury the cecil hotel still exists but if you search because we actually looked can you book a room mm-hmm. at the cecil hotel if you search that it immediately shows you stay on main because you can't just book a room at the Cecil because the Cecil is for extended stay. I think the first four floors are dedicated to that. And yeah. then everything up is this luxury hotel called Stay on Main that, that's hip and cool and advertised and marketed towards people like us. <laughs> so one... It's just kind of frustrating. Which also, it's it's a bruise because the elevators are still shared. And like yeah. the elevator you get on is gonna go through floors one through fourteen. It doesn't matter. You, it's not like a separate entity. Also, mm-hmm. apparently there is no thirteenth floor. Yeah, I don't that's know. True. Like that's weird. I, I, th- there's no it's reason. Strange, but yeah, it's strange. Absolutely no reason to it. But I was just thinking about it. Not that I know for sure, but I feel like it's probably some kind of superstition, you know, unlucky number 13. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just left it out at some point. That but. was my thought. But anyway. But, uh, <laughs> what's the gross thing they're gonna... Oh my god. <laughs> I don't even want to say it, honestly. <laughs> like, I don't... <laughs> like, the, the... First of all, they're putting something on the roof of the hotel. Which, by the way, I think the... As far as I know, the water tanks that are up there are still... The same water tanks, you could probably be able to see where they welded back hmm. the tank that Elisa Lamb was in because they, they cut it open to get to her. I would hope that they would have at least replaced, replaced. that one. <sighs> but you know what? They're going to have a bar area up there. They're going to have seating. You get a good view of the city. While you're sitting in a wading pool... They're putting a pool up there, which maybe we're being too sensitive, but like... I don't think so. No. It's very distasteful. They slip it in so fast. It's one sentence. You don't even see the face of the person who says it because they're probably like, please don't show me. (laughs) Right? They're through gritted teeth. They're like, new owner's going to put a bar and waiting pool on the roof. I... Mm. It's just... Even a weird combination to me, but uh-huh. I know this exists, but on a roof of a hotel uh, yeah. where a, a woman, woman was found. Especially that. <sighs> Y'all. <laughs> Guys. That's we, a no for me, dog. We can no. do better than this. There should be so, a little more outrage, I think, for that. That's just so distasteful. Jesus. And to me, it's such a weird combination that it, it almost seems like they're doing it on purpose. It almost seems like they're doing it for that reason. And that's just, yeah, it's definitely get for yourself inebriated and then get in some water and hope for the best. Like, <laughs> oh, okay. I think it's for shock value for sure. That guy's going to capitalize on that so much. People are going to be outraged so it gets people talking, but then you have other people who don't care and they're like, oh, waiting pool and bar. Well, that's neat. Right. Just high above Los Angeles city line. I guess. Gosh. We didn't even get into the frustrations of Skid Row and ugh. I like I said, there are just too many too many things to get into. <laughs> <laughs> 
gosh, so many different like segues that could have happened, but I think we kept ourselves pretty composed. I, I think so. Uh, I hope so. <laughs> at some part, from segueing off into other tangents, but that is all we're going to cover on the Cecil. We, uh, we cannot keep going. When no. This will be <laughs> such a long episode if we don't stop. No, we could get heated about this stuff and true crime in general. So, like, keep your stories coming for the listener episodes. But just because I need an outlet to vent my frustrations, if you like us talking about true crime as well, we will go down that road. Yeah. Just, just <laughs> give me the word and we'll do it. That will be, we can do that in addition to the listener episodes no we we listen to a lot of true crime podcasts between the two of us and i don't know if maddie listens to any no just no (laughs) that's okay fictional uh mysteries (laughs) okay well then whatever i don't care uh so (laughs) james patterson is that's i know you give me two books two books to read is that Mm -hmm. i'll get there i don't read a whole lot whatever (laughs) So, yeah, if, if you like us talking about true crime, if you like us just ripping apart creepy web sleuths, just let us know. Let us know what you think, because I, I as frustrated as I am, I enjoy talking about it. I, I do very much. I like true crime as much as the paranormal. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. So that's it. That's all we've got for you. Uh, we, I'm sorry. We did have... There are listener stories that we will definitely cover uh, from you guys next month and keep sending them to us. That just gives you some more time. If you're still thinking up some of your own spooky stories that you want to share, send them our way. We'll talk about them, tell them to our other listeners who obviously enjoy this kind of stuff because you guys keep tuning every week and we appreciate you so much because I do have something to tell you. I don't know if you've noticed, but... We surpassed 2,000 downloads of our <laughs> podcast. So, yeah, I, I saw it recently. I did. I actually didn't realize we had passed that. So, yep, we did. We passed 2,000 downloads. So good for us. Oh, that's wild. I <laughs> is this this super big to do? Are we super famous podcasters yet? Absolutely no. not. I still work two <laughs> jobs in addition to this, but I have really enjoyed doing it. And I'm really glad that there are that many of you out there that enjoy listening to it. So, mm-hmm. And we have two listeners, actually, that we're going to give a special shout-out to. We've got some donors this week. We have a new Patreon donor, and that is Samantha. Do I give a last name? I, like, I don't I'm know. so weird about it. I don't know. But Samantha, you know who you are. You donated. So thank you so much for donating through Patreon and supporting us on our crazy endeavors. I know. Thanks. Thank you for that. <laughs> and our second shout out goes to uh, a really dedicated listener and friend, a longtime friend, Sarah, for donating through our PayPal, which we also have available. If you've been listening the last couple of episodes, you know that we now have PayPal available. If you aren't down with the whole monthly subscription, I know if you I can't have, commit. Look, I have like I'm paying for ten streaming services, and I'm like, oh, it's only five dollars. It's only eight dollars. Well, hundred and fifty dollars later, I'm like, what? What? 
So I get it. If you can't, if you don't or can't do another monthly subscription, we have our PayPal available as well, and Sarah donated that way. And she actually had a birthday recently, so happy birthday, Sarah. Happy birthday. It cracks me up, because <laughs> you'll send us Snapchats and stuff sometimes, and I can hear, because I was listening to one of your, I was, I'm sure it was of your cats, which I 100% appreciate, keep sending those. <laughs> But I was hearing you listening to something on your phone while you were taking the video, and I was like, oh, I've said something like that. And then the video kept going, I was like, oh, that's me! And you're just, like, <laughs> listening to our podcast while making dinner. And I, I don't know, I'm just really appreciative of it. I think it's really cool that you're as involved as you are, and... And as supportive as you are. I like how you're low-key supportive, too. Like, you're not in everyone's face, but you're like, oh, here's my Snapchat. And also, do you hear that in the background? <laughs> so... <laughs> Sorry about the gunshot, by the way. <laughs> it made me jump, and I edited it in. So, if it makes you feel any better. Anyway, thank you guys, and thank you to our other Patreon donors who continue to donate every month. You guys are helping fund this and send us to new places and looking into new equipment. Yes, so. that's what I was going to say. <laughs> your money is about to go to some pretty good causes, so we'll keep you updated on that. I haven't made the move yet because, again, commitment, whatever. But <laughs> when we do that, we will keep you updated. But the money is going to go to a very good place as soon as I decide to pull the trigger. <laughs> And then another way you can support us uh, besides donating through Patreon and PayPal is we have our merchandise that you can check out at redbubble.com slash people slash or so they say pod. Find us on all of our social media and any listener stories, send them to our Gmail. It's or so they say pod at gmail.com talk to us tell us how you're doing uh tell us a ghost story or two and we'll feature you on our next first of the month listener episode and i believe that wraps everything Uh, up (laughs) yes was it as awkward as you anticipated silently yes (laughs) it was fine (laughs) after a few drinks for you guys one drink it's fine it's not so bad i was some wine though. So. <laughs> that was pretty good. That was thirteen point nine percent, by the way. I forgot Yikes. to tell you. Yeah, like one tiny glass, and I was like, mm, I'm, I'm sweating. I, <laughs> um, I said mental illness. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go and have another one. I don't know. It's it's a random Tuesday. <laughs> it is a Tuesday. I always say a random Tuesday, but for real. <laughs> anyway, thank you, Maddie, for being with us. I know you're quiet. You said you would be. <laughs> Guys, we tried to... She talked. I swear. She's just, she's so I quiet. Tried. I hate my twin in the womb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, if you're going to come with us on trips, you're going to be on here. So. Oh, no. And <laughs> we did, if you aren't local... Still, you can be featured on a, an episode if you're really feeling up to it and you'd like to do what some of our other listeners have done in the past, Cody, Brianna, Maddie, so on. Uh, and if you want to be a part of it live, get a hold of us too through any social media or our, our email and we'll get something together for you guys. Yes. And now I think that's it. I'm starting to... It's time for a nap. It's time for a nap. Sorry. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Thanks. You want to say bye? Bye -bye. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Mixing and music by Kelsey Ingram. Cover art is by Cody Mason. 
You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Or So They Say Pod. Visit us at our website, or so they say pod.com, where you can find links to all social media. If you like the show, please subscribe to our newsletter and consider donating to our podcast at patreon.com forward slash or so they say pod. Running a podcast takes time and money, and we'd love to give you the best listening experience possible. Episodes can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to help drive us up the charts. And of course, thanks for listening.